everybody. Welcome to Mentors Military. It's Robert Gowan sitting here at 15 Perry Street. Thanks. He's got, uh, appreciate these guys allowing us to come in here and studio and uh, tape the show. Uh, be sure to check us out on Patreon and uh, all of our social media at Mentors, the number four MIL. So I'm joined here by Brian. And Brian, you're from Psalm C. First off, I want to appreciate, uh, say how much I appreciate you making the drive from North Carolina. So thanks for I joining am. us. Thanks for having us out here. Yeah, Thank man. You. Looking forward to um, getting into more discussion deeper on the SOMC, but I want to go first to talk about, like, where's home? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so grew up in California, Southern California. Where about? Uh, Burbank. I was born in Burbank. And Burbank. Then, yeah. Um, and yeah, right. We're all, <laughs> you know, the, the Tonight Show, Jay Leno. Yeah. And it's all the studio, the Warner Brothers there. Um, so grew around the kind of like that industry, very fast-paced lifestyle um, over there. But then I uh, kind of moved away, still in California, but moved away to like the outskirts. Kind of everyone was doing that at the time. Is yeah. Things were kind of getting expensive. Um, but then I ended up moving it back into Burbank, and that's where I ended up doing like you know school, graduated high school out of uh, Burbank there. Okay. Yeah, so were your family in the the business? No, like I, I and I felt like an outcast too. Correct. Yeah. You know, I was like most of my friends were like, oh yeah, you know my dad makes uh, trailers or you know for Universal or you know <laughs> or like as a camera guy or something like that. Uh, but no, like my dad, he he was in the military. Um, he actually had a couple jobs like in and out uh, with the military, and then he which, also which brands? Yeah, he was in the so he started in the army. Yeah. And then he went over to the Marine Corps. Okay. Um, did a little time there. Then he got out um, and did some surveying for the city of Los Angeles. Yeah. And then he got back in in the um, Air Guard. And so he finished out at uh, in the Air Force. Okay. Yeah. All, I mean, he only missed one branch, but yeah, right. I guess the Marine Corps. <laughs> the Marine Corps is kind of like a division of the Navy, so I right. guess he Coast covered Guard too, yeah. so yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I think he covered them all. Um, and then... Yeah, so he, he, he did that over there, and he was actually, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, California. Well, I actually grew, uh, I was born in Oxnard. Uh, oh, I was just about to say he was over there at uh, Channel Islands. Uh, yeah, yeah, my, my dad Point actually, Point Magoo. Yeah, yeah. Point Magoo, is, yeah, yeah, I remember that. It's good times. Yeah, so, okay, so you're very familiar with the area yeah. in Oxnard. Yeah, I used to go out and work in Thousand Oaks, Woodland Hills area a yeah. lot, too. Okay, so. nice, nice. Yeah, but yeah, it was, it was it was a good time growing up there. As you know, then, like, there's plenty of stuff to do in Southern California, like, I always say, I tell people like, yeah, it's expensive. Um, the weather's great. It's busy traffic. But I was like, if you are into like yoga, jazz, karate fusion, someone's probably doing it. You know, you, yeah. can, probably do, you can probably do that. There's someone's going to be, you know, have a business running that. Anything outdoors too. I mean, yeah, my absolutely. God, is there ever a bad day as far as weather? You know, of course you have the, uh, um, see, I'm going to mess this up. It's not fog. It's the, uh, oh, the smog. No, no, no. Oh, it's okay. not the smog. Like, it, it's thick layer over, it's over the, downtown. <laughs> No, they would always talk about in the valley about, uh, oh, we've got the, uh, oh, oh no. my God, the marine layer. Oh, okay, okay. And I'd be like, marine layer? Is that what it is? <laughs> no, man, no, no, that's no, stuff. No, yeah, yeah, when you're flying in, that doesn't look like a marine, marine layer. layer. That's, that's a lot of pollution going on there. <laughs> I don't think it's supposed to be brown like that. No, know? I don't think so either. <laughs> but I remember that uh, a lot. So I was very curious about, you know, you growing up in that area and stuff. And you graduated high school there in 2008. So was it your family and being in the military that caused you to go in? Or what did you end up doing right after high school? Yeah, so I, um, I hit this point. <laughs> I was like, I really... Re into music and I always kind of had a creative side to me um, and I uh, thank my dad a lot for that too because he, he kind of exposed me to that early on um, and so I was doing music I was like I'm not sure what I want to do maybe like a producer type thing but I had a band you know <laughs> chasing the dream chasing That's the awesome. rock star dream you know? um, <laughs> but so I gave it about like I graduated high school and I started college just a community college mm -hmm. and 
um, I think I think I didn't like like two years. I gave it like two years. I slowly just stopped going to classes. And then I was only showing up to like my music classes, like music theory 101 and um, piano. And then slowly after, I'm like, what am I doing? Like I don't I don't want to do this. Like you know so. I, but I've always kind of been someone that's been like proactive and I'm like, I, I need to do something like, you know, I, I need to have some direction. And once that was kind of falling to the wayside, I was like, I need something. And I always told myself too, I was like, I'm, I'm never joined the military, you know, like never interested me, like what my dad was doing. I was like, cool. Like he does that, but that's not for me. And then like just one day I was like, Hey dad, can you tell me about this military stuff? <laughs> like, yeah, maybe I want to join. Which you. branch, son? Yeah, exactly. And he was like, well, you don't want to do the Marines because he's like, you know, he's like, he's like, I brought you up well. You don't need to, you don't need to be kicked brought around. Brought you up I mean, well. Yeah, he's like, you don't need to be kicked around. Yeah. I was like, okay, I guess. Um, and then so he was like, let me take you over to the Air Force. Yeah. <laughs> so I went over to the Air Force recruiters. And um, this at this time, I'm like, I'm 20, 20 years old. You yeah. Know? Um, so I go over to the Air Force recruiter. And he's like, cool, cool, yeah, um, you know. And it was around that time. So that now we're looking at like 2009, 2010, um, and like Obama era kind of drawdown. Mm -hmm. So they were like, yeah, we don't really need people, but like all our like special operations are open. So we got like PJ, um, you know, combat controller. That that time is still the weatherman, you know. And I was like, all right. Um, oh, and they had like SEER instructor, and I was like, okay, maybe this PJ thing. I think I want to go like medicine, but so I went and I did like the little practice ASVAB that they have there, and. Um, it, I, I went inside after like meeting him the first time I had like a little appointment with him. I took off my jacket and he was like, Oh, he's like, uh, so he got an elbow tattoo and I'm like, yeah, what's wrong with that? I was like, it's a Dr. Seuss quote. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> it says like those who mind don't matter. And those who matter don't mind. He was like, yeah, I'm about that though. He was like the placing and you know, he was like, Oh yeah, you, we don't, the air force doesn't allow any, um, elbow tattoos. And I'm just like, what? So he's like, yeah, so a couple options. You can either pay to get it removed, which is pretty expensive and painful, um, or you can check out our other branches. And I just like leave, like leave, like so curious because I'm like, like what kind of uniforms are just showing my elbows or something? Like, yeah. What's the Air Force doing with their uniforms? Because <laughs> yeah. um, I even had like a, a forearm one, but you know, you know, those things go, uh, the regulations there. But so then I was like, okay, let me go over and talk to the Army. So I went and talked to the Army and like there was like many people stories. They're like, yeah, we'll take you. Like, you know, what I mean? like, yeah, face tats, and that, <laughs> whatever. Um, no, but uh, when I talked to them and was really quite cool, told them I wanted to do something medical. I was just like, you know, I knew I wanted to like help people in some way. That yeah. was like always. I was like, oh, I, I kind of want to be the person to go to for you know to to help people out. You know, and um, I was like, yeah, you know, still still kind of same thing. They're like, yeah, you know, we're draw down. We're not. We'll we'll see what we can do. I don't know if he was just playing me or not. You know, giving me the old spiel, the sales pitch, but. Then um, took the ASVAP and came back and yeah, I had six to eight whiskey healthcare, you know, specialist and I was like, yes, yeah, give me that. You know, and so I, so that's the route I went there. So well, going, going back in, in terms of the medical, you said you just wanted to kind of help people and everything, but was it something you knew before you went down to the recruiter that you wanted to go medic or after talking to the Air Force recruiter, he kind of leaned you towards what was available. And from that, the PJ sounded the great, uh, the best. Yeah, it was, um, it, I kind of always knew I wanted to go that route, right? Like, so I had a little bit of time then since like my dad was in, I was mm -hmm. like, oh, cool. Let me check out some websites or something like that so I can see. And anything from like, they, I saw that they had, you know, like aviation medics that like flew on the aircraft. And, yep. and so I was like, that'd be cool. And I was like, if I can just get in something medical. And then when, you know, when I got there and he was like, yeah, you know, you just, we just got the special operations stuff open. I was like, well, I guess the PJ stuff said something about medicine, you know? So I was like, okay, let me check that out. And that's kind of why, like I did have that drive to, 
um, getting some sort of medicine because I figured that would be like a way that for me personally, I could like have the biggest impact. Right. Yeah. So when the recruiter was talking to you from the Army, did he mention Option 40 or anything at that time frame? Because he heard you were wanting AFSOC, you know? Yeah. No, he didn't. So he didn't. And I'll, and I'll be honest, like I wasn't. I wasn't really trying to chase like the, I, I didn't know. Like I was like, this is my option to get my life started. I was yeah. like, I don't know if I'm going to do four years or, um, you know, or make it a career. I was like, at that point I was like, I'm probably not gonna make this career. I just need like some direction. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't really looking to be honest, like at any yeah. of the special operations stuff. I was like, I, I, I just want to get out there and do something. Sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, that's kind of where it went from there. <laughs> so where'd you end up going to basic then? Yeah, I went to Fort Benning. Yeah. So, Did I, was you like, really? yeah, yeah. so I was one of the, uh, you know, like they have a few of the, the non, uh, infantry MOSs yeah. go there and I was in Bravo two, four, seven over there at, at Fort Benning and, I, and it was still all male at that time. What? And um, this is 2010, 2010. Yeah. Okay. This is 2010. I'm yeah. 20. Um, it was like November, 2010. Mm. Right. <laughs> About to be 21 years old. Um, and yeah, I go to Fort Benning and it's uh, pretty cold at that time. You know, <laughs> From California. Yeah, yeah. from California. To we do get Fort three Benning. seasons here, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we really do. And a lot of people don't realize. Well, the freeze line, I think, is just between where we're sitting right now and Columbus, Georgia. Okay. So, you know, we get snow here. It doesn't last that long, but we do get some snow. We get a couple inches usually, and then uh, freezing rain. So a lot of people don't realize that when they come to Georgia, and especially if they go to, like, you know, Dahlonega to the Mm -hmm. mountain phase of ranger school and stuff, they realize (laughs) it really soon whenever they're in that, you know? That was, yeah, that was the surprise to me. I was, like you said, I was coming from California. I show up, it's like November. So when I first got there, it was like, it was cold. Yeah. But it wasn't like, it wasn't cold. I was like, okay, yeah, this is kind of cold. I think there's been like a few like California nights that I maybe can compare to, but then um, when, once like December came around, there was frost on the ground when we woke up. I was like, oh my gosh, what did I get myself <laughs> into? You know, I was like, what did I do? <laughs> um, but it was a good time. I, I liked, I liked being there at uh, Fort Benning. I think it was, it was definitely like, it was that, you know, uh, that change, you know, that immersion into it. And um, because I was, I went in November, <laughs> the weird part is I, I, I had that um, Christmas, you know, uh, mm. break in between yeah. my basic training. Um, so I went back home in the middle of it, um, had my 21st birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, my 21st birthday was the day I had to report back. So I went with my buddies at midnight before, you know, on, on my birthday and went to the bar and they didn't even ID me. So that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> didn't even ask for my ID. I was like, oh man, can you just ask me? And I was like, yeah. oh, I can show you. <laughs> so um, awesome. But yeah. And then I caught a flight the next morning, came back and, you know, started over, which is, I feel like even harder. It's like, I went back home yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Hey, come back now and get, you know, reemerge. And yeah, it was, it was a good time though. Um, AIT was spent here in Georgia as well? No, no. So um, I did, since I went uh, healthcare specialist, 68 Whiskey, I then went over to um, Fort Sam Houston. Okay. Oh, see, yeah. why, I don't know why I was thinking, um, what else is here? Communications or something is in Georgia. I can't remember. But anyway, yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. So you went to Fort Sam, a hot spot. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. More like uh, California in terms of heat. To some right. ca- uh, No, I mean, different humidity and everything right, else right. there. You were there, I guess... Uh, Wait, you got Christmas break? Yeah, so I was there like early 2011 then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah to like... So what was, that, what was that like? Because uh, you ended up spending a pretty, uh, pretty good time there through the 60... Uh, yeah, I think it was four days. months. Yeah, yeah, 16 weeks. Yeah. Um, that, that was great. You know, it was... First, I knew <laughs> once you leave basic training, you know, AIT feels like a little bit of freedom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and so, especially being in San Antonio there, right? So yeah. they, you would still be able to 
to go you had a curfew but you could go out and do things so that was kind of cool you kind of like you got that freedom i think now they make them walk around in uniform even when they go out probably because they identify them could be wrong but i remember there was a point at least where they had to wear like their if you were going out yeah wear a dress uniform oh see that's terrible yeah that was terrible we were out in civilians you can kind of but you can we think you can like blend in but you know you know you got you got like jeans and combat boots and like a grunt style t-shirt right (laughs) even at benning it's easy to spot and and you can almost you know, determine the MOS just based on, but well, especially back in the day, haircut, how they walk, right. what type of, you know, things that they're, they have on there, you know, they're wearing a jacket. See, see the dog tag chain on the neck. <laughs> That's a dead giveaway. <laughs> <a> dead giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> or the, the crazy tattoo, you yeah, know, that's yeah, fresh exactly. or yeah. whatever. <laughs> it's got the MOS on it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so you end up graduating uh, AIT and then uh, where'd you get orders to? Um, I, fr- so uh, yeah, in AIT, they give you your orders, you know, they call everyone's name and they were like, you know, uh, get in. And they said, um, Fort Bliss. So Fort Bliss, El Paso. And I was like, so history of that. So I, um, you know, grew up in California. My dad was born in El Paso. Mm. So a lot of my summer, a lot of my summer vacations were spent going to El Paso. Family still family. there. Yeah. Like all my dad's side of family okay. is over there. We spent going to El Paso and you know, it's just desert. Um, over there a lot, lot to do I, I got used to it. i was there but so they were like you know fort bliss and i was like oh man like it was a little bit of like love hate because i was like cool like i got family there but at yeah. the same time i was like I, I, you know Been i want to see the world you know? yeah <laughs> i want to see the world show me something yeah. and uh so yeah i went to fort bliss and um it, it was good though um i uh, and that's now yeah like 2000 it's still 2011 mm-hmm. um but it was, it was a good time i got their first armored division um, brand new, like, you know, private. I think I was an E2. I think I did like the future soldier program. So I was able to come in as an E2 instead of an E1. Yeah. Like, he, like threw me some rank because I memorized like how to, how to say military time or something like yeah. that. <laughs> um, did you go to TMC or did you go to the unit itself? Yeah, I went to the unit itself. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, so you were doc then. I mean, yeah, you're like the main guy at that point. Doesn't yeah. matter what rank you are. You're a medic, you know. Right. Yeah. I went straight <laughs> to um, uh, four, six infantry over there and, um, yeah, I got assigned, and, and they were like, uh, the guy the guy who was ever there, like, on, you know, staff duty or whatever, drove me from in-processing, because over there they did it, like, you do a week of just in-processing, mm. like, like, live in your barracks, and you just go to formation to in-process, and then, um, yeah, then they, he drove me over to my unit, he was like, where are you going? I was like, oh, uh, First Armor, uh, fourth, fourth uh, Brigade, and he was like, oh, fourth Brigade, he's like, oh, you know you're deploying, right, in, like, a month, and I'm like... <laughs> I, I guess I do now. They told you like, that in AIT, right? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I, I guess so now. Like, and so, yeah, I show up and they're like, yeah, yeah, we're heading out in about like month, month and a half. And so it was, it was, it was pretty quick. You know, yeah. You know. Well, how many uh, guys were in the unit there that were medics that you got a chance to work with? Yeah. So I was a part of uh, HHC. So it was like a platoon full of medics, which okay. was cool. So I got assigned to a platoon full of medics and then they had the treatment and, you know, so the, the medics that they would shoot out to the infantry um, platoons and then, um, and then the, uh, the other ones would like be in the, not in the TMC, but like the the the, the rear support, like yeah. in, in evac, right? And or, I'm sorry, in the treatment um, section of it. So running like a little aid station. Mm-hmm. So that was good. It was a good experience. Yeah. Yeah. Do they kind of get you uh, feeling a little bit more comfortable prior to that timeline? I mean, that's a pretty quick pace. You <laughs> yeah. Know? You know, at that at that like point, that that, that fresh. Yeah. Um, you're just like you know trying to keep your head down and. I lived in the barracks, so I made some friends, but it's just, it's, it's, it's fast paced. Like you don't know. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, like, they're just going to deploy me like this. Like, I, 
I'm not ready. Literally, you know, as you go down the road, you're like, no one's ever ready. You know, yeah, like, no one's yeah. ever ready. You're never like, oh, okay, I'm ready. You know, like, right. but I was just like, is this for real? Like, you know, like, this has got, this got to be like, where's the, where's the risk assessment for this? Yeah. Like, you know, like, this is not good. <laughs> but yeah, the people around there though, you know, I, it's, 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 it's unique because as, as you kind of work your way up, right. Work your way up the ranks, it kind of gets smaller and smaller. Yeah. You know, it gets, they say it's lonelier at the top, right. It gets smaller and smaller. So it, you think back to like your private days and it's just like, yeah, you guys are all kind of doing dumb things, but you had like a big group of you, you know, it was a, it was a good camaraderie, good family there. Yeah. Um, and those are, you know, those are the times you remember Yeah. Um, all those learning points. So you took comfort and I took comfort in, um, you know, having a bunch of guys around me that were just, you know, some a little bit more experienced, some not, and just kind of be like, Hey, well, we're going to figure this out together. You know? And that was, that was a great part of it. Were you the only new guy? Um, that new? Yes. Uh, I think maybe there was a couple other ones that were, maybe like within six months, but yeah, I was, I was the only one that was like that new. How was that uh, first deployment then? Um, it was interesting. Like, Kinetic? Um, not so much because we were in, in, um, I want to say, yeah, not, I don't, I mean, I don't want to like speak for like everyone, but yeah, it was, um, in a, it was around that drawdown or the, the trying to get out of Iraq time. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so in the area we were in, I, I kind of hopped around a lot. So there was like a lot of like, um, IDF because we were hopping around from a lot of, um, uh, different outposts at that time, FOBs. Um, and, uh, in the area that I initially was, I was a part of route clearance. So I got to, I got to sign, um, so uh, quick backstory, right? So I get there, I'm the new guy. They're like, you're going to the aid station. Um, because everyone's all the infantry platoons already got their medic. I'm like, Oh, cool. I was like, dang it, man. I wanted to get like, you know, I wanted to be, I wanted to be on the, you know, with the infantry platoon, but I was like, okay. Um, I get word that my squad leader is going to be going like on a flight um, to another fob, um, in like a week and he's bringing two medics that he's already had and they're, they're kind of close, you know? And, and I'm like, so I, I go knock on his like, just chew. I'm like, I'm like, uh, Sergeant, like, you know, <laughs> I just want to let you know, I know I heard you're going over there. I just want to like tell you that if you need anybody else, like I'm, I'm here, I just want to put my name out there. And he's like, all right. He's like, you know, get out of here. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, and then the next day I get a knock on my door and I'm like, you know, and get out here and i'm like all right so i'm like waiting outside the, the the chew and they're i just hear yelling and they're like chewing this guy out um just yelling at him I'm like what's going on and then they're like get in here and i'm like all right and i come in there and they're like um yeah so they're like so he failed to perform treatment uh <laughs> on someone i guess who was like dehydrated and they're like and they're telling him they're like give him your aid bag give him your you know give him your pistol and I'm like, all right so that next day like they were like you're going to you know bravo company uh first platoon i'm like all right sweet so like i got like my wish like pretty soon after and i was like cool that was like one of those like those perfect examples of, like squeaky wheel gets the oil right i was like i put my name out there and like i was like cool like i got that position and that was an interesting thing on its own because showing up brand new probably, I, I could just imagine i'm looking at these guys eyes like i'm like yeah. brand new they haven't seen me i haven't done any training with them they know the other medics because like they, they've seen them done no training um i got a, a you know mosquito wing on my chest so pv2 and they're just like Oh, this is the new doc, you know? And so I, I got like a little bit of advice from a senior guy and he was like, Hey, just make sure you know, you guys, you know? And so the first thing I do is I just go around with my notepad and I'm like, Hey, are you, like, are you on any medications or like, you know, anything like that? Do you have any allergies? And I'm just getting everyone's, everyone's like, you know, history and trying to figure out sure. like their med tractor meds and stuff like that. And, uh, soon enough, we, we bonded really quick and we were assigned to, to route clearance. So that was our job. And so yeah, some some IEDs on route clearance because the uh, the colonel that was there too when we got briefed before we started, 
he's like, hey, yeah, you guys are doing a real important mission, uh, route clearance, you know, you guys got to make sure that things, you know, we, we get our supplies in and all, everybody coming in is good. So he's like, your job is to go find, uh, you know, IEDs or disrupt enemy activity or blow, or, you know, roll over them and blow them up yourselves <laughs> so that, you know, the good stuff come in. He's like, so I can get my coffee. And, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'm like nursing. Looking like, Thanks, sir. <laughs> he's joking, right? Like, he's joking, right? And um, yeah, and like, I mean, everyone else is like, just whatever, but coming to find out i mean he's kind of, there's a little bit of truth behind that you know yeah. what i mean there's yeah. a little bit of truth maybe he's a little harsh about it but yeah a little truth behind it um yeah so yeah just doing route clearance you know so with that you get you get ieds that come with that and you know a lot of waiting around too for um eod when you know when you when you're fortunate enough to spot them early or you think you see something um but the part when i think about this stuff that um that really like uh blows my mind about it is that Every time I think back to it, I'm like, it's crazy how you can get comfortable and used to a daily life of that. Mm -hmm. you know? I think about that. I'm like, I remember being first there and when, you know, brand new rolling into Kuwait, I was like, this is what they show in the documentaries. <laughs> this is desert everywhere. We're riding on a bus. Like what's going on? You know? Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah. And then in Iraq, you know, and, and you're there even just from the weather of like 130 degree weather. And you're like, you know, I'll give it some time and you're like, how did, how did my body like get used to this? This is wild. And, and, and then yeah. you get used to being in the back of a vehicle and getting calls about IEDs and explosions and stuff like that. And it's, it's, it's something, right? It's something when you think about it, it's like something that you don't think you should be used to. You know? yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. It was a good experience. I made some good. How many, uh, how much time did you end up spending there on that rotation uh, with them? Yeah. So because, um, they shut it down, that rotation was I think, just under like six months. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, because then they, they were like, Oh yeah, we're shutting down Iraq. So then we were like, Oh, we're shutting down Iraq. Um, and, and, um, yeah. So then we went through there and it was like shutting down, uh, Iraq, like in, you know, getting things all prepared to hand over. And then we did the drive from Iraq all the way to Kuwait. And I was like, Oh, I'm surely going to die. You know, that's it. <laughs> I was like, this is so far. I was like, you know, we're getting out of here. And I'm like, this is so far of a drive. I was yeah. like, something's going to happen. Somebody did route clearance. You were good. Yeah. yeah someone did route clearance. Right? So, but, um, yeah, it was, it was good though. And then I, it was, it was all, even that point of going, leaving, and then just being so happy to be in Kuwait now. This time yeah. I was like, oh, we're in Kuwait. Cool. Yeah. All right. Like, Did they kind of like give you some R&R &R time and everything at that point? Um, like when we when we got back yeah. to Kuwait. Yeah, yeah. It was like, hey, yeah, um, we were just waiting for our flight, our scheduled flight, which I think ended up being like a week later. Yeah. So, you know, and we went to, I can't remember which one, which camp in um, Kuwait, but it was nice. You know, they had one that one of them that had like a subway in it, you know, and uh and had like a nice MWR where they had some video game, like an Xbox setup, you know, and stuff. So it was nice there. They even had, you know, it was surprising because I, you know, the music thing, they even had a little area where they had an amplifier and guitar you could play. Oh, so you rocked out. Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just singing my heart out in there. <laughs> Everyone's Talk, like, what's this talking guy Talking about your duty. Commander's coffee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. After that, though, I came, I came back to Fort Bliss and, um, I was like interposed, transferred into another unit. Then I was a part of a Charlie company. So like uh, all medic or all medical um, MOS uh, company. Yeah. How'd you feel about that? You know, cause that's a, that's a little bit of a, it was, yeah. yeah, it was a change. It was, it was different because you know, the infantry lifestyle was all like, Oh, just, yeah. You know, like, you know, just, you got pain in your knee, mm -hmm. just run it out. You yeah. know? <laughs> so here's um, some ibuprofen. Yeah. Right. Um, and then going over to a BS, BSB, right. A Charlie, Charlie bed. Um, it, it, it was good because it was a change. It was, it was a change. There was like a little bit more, 
it was a little bit less like ram your head in the wall and, mm. and figure it out and a little bit more like, hey, let's think about it. But it was all, also like the, the best part about it was to see the other um, sections, right? So I mm. got to work with physical therapy. I got to work with lab. Mm. We had x-ray techs. We had um, dental techs. Yeah. And that was really cool. Pre um, preventive med. And, and that was good to see how that all worked because in that section, you, you would set up your, you know, your different echelons you know you're like a what they call it, like a roll two at that point you know mm -hmm. you have your different sections and your stuff so when you receive casualties coming in you have like your your treatment side and, and the capabilities to be able to do that in the field you can get to like a cash like or like a level three sure yeah and so it was good to see like how another level of the machine worked in, yeah in that process so it was good yeah so how long did you end up spending in doing that um yeah i was there at uh, Paso till 2015, 15. Yeah. So I, I spent a good amount of time there. My first like, uh, duty station there. And, and in 2014 was my first enlistment was up yeah. and I was like, I think I'm getting out. I think I'm doing it. I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to exit out. By that time I had a kid <laughs> and I was like, um, maybe I'm not getting out. You know, <laughs> I started crunching the numbers, you know, it started getting close and I was like, I started crushing. I was like, am I getting out? I was like, I, I, I don't feel like I, I, I hadn't, I hadn't set myself up yet to get it out. And I'm like, I'm going to be leaving probably the same position that I came in with. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. And then I was like, you know, let me just go talk to retention and uh, let's see what they got for me. You know, at, yeah. at that point I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, yeah, I'm just, just going to dabble. I'm just yeah. going to see what happens. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, well, we got, you know, there's a whole ton of Korea. And I was like, no, nah, I'm trying to do that. <laughs> yeah. You know? Let me do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he was like, oh, we got Germany. And so I was like, Ooh, Germany. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was like, I can broaden my horizons, you know what I mean? Um, so, so yeah, so I was like, yes, let me get Germany. So I spent like another year and it was, yeah, it's before the position opened up, it was like another year. So I spent like a, maybe a little under a year still at Fort Bliss and then yeah, PCS over to uh, Vilsack. Oh, Vilsack. Yeah, I was going to yeah. ask you where you went. Yeah, yeah. That was Vilsack. a pretty good assignment because that's outside of uh, Frankfurt, right? Not that far. No, no, Vilsack's outside. Like I think the closest big one is um, Nuremberg. Frank, okay. Yeah, yeah, Frankfurt. Yeah, Frankfurt. I think there's another one. Is Vilsack where like 133rd Armor is or something like that? It's, uh, no, so we were a second uh, second cavalry regiment. And okay. Then, and then on Grafenvir, like it was attached. Oh, yeah, to, I know Graf. Okay, yeah. The one, dust. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, there's like a like a 173rd uh, like section. I don't know, like a one like unit from yeah. 173rd there, and the rest are in Italy. You know? But they also had... Uh, um, yeah, on that tank. Oh, sorry, on that tank trail, they had like some like I think some like re in between. There was like a whole bunch of people like reservists and, mm. and stuff like that. But it, there was a few. You know, the main one though on Vilsack was two uh, CR. Okay, that's what I was a part. So I got to touch a field artillery this time. I couldn't remember. I mean, it's been a long time since I was over there, and uh, there were probably very different flag units at that time frame. You know, I mean, because at that you know back in my day, there was a lot of military in Germany, and now there's not as much as, uh, or at least in the time frame you're talking about as well that. Not as much military. You know? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and I know like when I was getting there too, they had like said that they had kind of rearranged some of the, mm. like maybe, I think like kind of shut some down and like kind of, um, yeah, reflagged yeah, like, yeah, re and yeah. like reorganized them and moved some people around. So and I know it's probably changed from a lot of, you know, people that have been there in the past, but it was good. It was great. Right. It's a yeah. good opportunity to see, see a different area. And I always say the great part too is you could travel and you have like a home base, you know, you can always go back. That makes a huge difference. You know, yeah. like, yeah, we can drive out two hours and go see something and I don't have to like be hopping around hotels to travel Europe and do a Euro trip, you know, right, right. you can come back home. Plus when you're over there, you get like uh, your 
ESO card. So you get, you know, the discounted gas price. Supposedly, if you're traveling over there, you yeah. have to pay the, you know, buy the liter. Do they still do not only gas, but like um, cigarettes oh, yeah. and the ci- tobacco there, and yeah. tea and, yeah, you know, coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah coffee. And, and you always get people like, hey, can you buy me some cigarettes? <laughs> <laughs> to the people that don't smoke, they're like, hey, can you buy me some cigarettes? Yeah, you know. So I was like, dude, get away, you know, <laughs> leave me alone, dude. Um, uh, yeah, so yeah, they still do that, and then with the gas, there you get like a certain amount of gas too. I think a month. They still doing those trips where you could get like a really discounted trip, like you go to yeah. Italy and yeah, for like a week yeah. for a hundred, two hundred bucks or whatever it was. Yeah. Some really cheap. Yeah, through uh, like MWR. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it was something else though, wasn't Ryanair? it? Ryanair. Was it? I don't know. <laughs> it was like an MWR thing, but I think they called it something else. Uh, maybe that doesn't exist either. Maybe it was just all MWR now. But yeah, ITA Fay or I forget what they call yeah, it. Some kind it of. No. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Thanks yeah. for playing along. <laughs> no, it's. Uh, I could just remember these types of programs that they would have, and in, in many cases, it was uh, especially if you're out in the field all the time and you're grinding. And all of a sudden, the first uh, sergeant comes out and says, hey, you know, uh, this whatever organization is doing this trip. And all of us would be like, well, if we stay here, we're going to be, you know, doing the the duty. So, yeah, yeah, sign me up. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'll do that. And, uh, of course, you know, it was four days to Italy or a week to Spain. And, you know, so I would always try to, like, hold my PT, I mean, my uh, vacation and everything just in case um, something like that came up, you know. Uh, because usually it was that rare occasion when you're in the uh, in the garrison space and stuff that you got those uh, opportunities that came up. Right. Yeah. And there was like, I mean, so I by that time now I had two kids, and I was over there, um, and the, yeah, like the the you know the barracks single soldiers, they were just like, oh yeah, they, this weekend I'm going to do a trip to Ibiza. Like, yeah, I'm going to Croatia. Like, no, I'm like, man. Get in your room. <laughs> you know, it's just like, take me with you, please. <laughs> but it was good. Yeah, they were they were enjoying it. You know, there's a plenty of opportunities to travel. And um, they did. Yeah, I know, like, MWR. I took a couple, like, the MWR trips where they hopped on a bus. Mm, yeah. And we, you know, drove, like, to play other places That's in Germany. We typically did. Yeah, bus uh, trips and stuff. Or train. We railheaded, I think, one time. Okay. Before. Yeah, yeah. Did you do any railhead over there while you were there? Um. <sighs> With unit, I'm talking like oh, military. With the unit. Yeah, no, I didn't. I know okay. I, I was fortunate. I was fortunate. Um, I know. Yeah, I was fortunate not to because I, I did, you know, in El Paso. Yeah. It's just always like if you get on railhead, you're like, oh, geez, I'm yeah. on railhead. <laughs> like, you got to stay, stay there with all the vehicles getting on there. You yeah. Know? that. Uh, but I would say that coming off of field duty and having a railhead um, was the best time because yeah, yeah. usually it was like two or three days to get back to your destination. Yeah, yeah, true. And I don't think I woke up, you know, <laughs> yeah. for like three days. Just you know? out, yeah. I don't even think I used the restroom, ate anything, whatever. It was just, you know. Just sleeping, just a hard, a hard reset. Yeah. Oh, my God. But, yeah, that was uh, probably good times, at least, uh, yeah. you know, over there. Um, being over in a different, you know, country like that, it's always cool to be able to even go down and, you know, hang out with the locals and, and those types of things. I, th- I know, at least from my own experience, it was always cool to you know, window shop or experience, right, right. you know, we lived out in the economy and stuff. We didn't oh, live did in the, you? yeah, okay. I didn't live in the housing, uh, okay. even in that time frame. Yeah. yeah. It was much more expensive. Yeah. True. So I had to commute like 40 minutes in order to, you know, Ooh. find a place that was cheap enough. Cause of course, you know, it was a, it, this was Fulda. Uh, so Fulda, Germany, you know, the, the, uh, installation was right outside of the city. So of course, big city military, yeah. you know, 
all the good places are going to be taken up. So you got to go out to some farm, you <laughs> yeah. know, somewhere way out in the yeah, middle of nowhere yeah. to find a German that was willing to give you uh, <laughs> space up in his attic, you know. <laughs> did you... Um did you get like a little, uh, what kind of car did you have? Did you have like a little beater car? There? I actually brought a car over. Oh, it's did? funny. Uh, I brought like a really small. No, 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 no. <laughs> I had a, believe it or not, I was a, a Plymouth uh, at that time okay. frame. And it was a front wheel drive, right? And so the place that I stayed at was actually on the top of this hilltop. And when it snowed really bad, I had to get the guys that would live with me in the places and stuff to sit on the hood so we could <laughs> get up the hill. And uh, hopefully that was a good day. And then, of course, coming back down, you were worried about black ice and right, everything. Right. So it became a ski boat, you know, at that point. <laughs> Um, I recall, but no, most of the guys owned uh, Volkswagens yeah, or yeah. old Beamers. That's what I had, and I had the old Beamer. Did like, you? And it was just like that whole passed uh, on from soldier yeah, to soldier. Yeah, it was like that, that like used car like economy right. down. Right. Like, like I think I, I like got one for like two thousand, some ninety five, you know, yeah. manual BMW, yeah. and then I sold it. I think probably with the same price. You yeah, know, exactly. To some like new like lieutenant that was coming in. Yeah, I was like, yeah, whatever. You well, know, you're so. not supposed to. I don't know if they still had you to sign a thing that you're not supposed to vacate a vehicle. Right. Or right. Just, yeah, yeah. Just like so everybody would be like, all right, man. I'm trying to sell my vehicle. And some of the guys that just wait to the last minute, they knew that you were going to be hard up. You had to get yeah. that car, rid of that car. They could tell you what, man, I'll give you 500 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Just hustle it out. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you 500, take it off your hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it was good. It's good. Yeah, it's funny, a funny story about that. I actually wrecked my car going in. Uh, oh. It was an alert, actually. So we got an alert and everything back in the day. And um, I had three other guys in the car with me, and we hit a space of black ice, hit like a median that was concrete. It totally ripped out the underneath. Oh, no. By the time we get there, my tank is rolling out the gate. I'm running after it after I get my weapons and stuff, you know, and my bag, you know, and I'm, I already had a, like an A bag already on there that right. we kept all the time. So I jump on there and such. And uh, one of the guys that lived in the same area says, hey, listen, uh, you know, I know you're leaving your PCS, your car's still not fixed. We're waiting on parts to come over from America. And he's like, uh, just sign over a power of attorney to me and I'll make sure I get it back over to you. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I really appreciate that, you know. So we go. And, of course, the attorney goes, are you, are you sure you know what you're doing? Are you okay with this? And we're both sitting there. Go, yeah, man, I, I, you know, I trust yeah. him. You know, he's good to go. And he goes, all right. So we, uh, we sign the, the documentation. So I'm waiting for my car. I'm back in the States now, and I'm waiting for my car to come over. Now, the only thing oh, that geez. I could do at this time frame that I had communication with him on is the unit phone number and his address, and that's it. Um, and so I'm trying to call the, the command and everything. They're like, oh, yeah, man, sorry, man, Brian's not in today. Yeah. You know, he's, you know he's, already out, he's out in the field or, you know, whatever. And this went on for a period of time. And I'm talking like eight months, you oh, know, wow. a year. And all of a sudden, I get this piece of mail that's German. And I'm like, what the hell is it? And I open it up and it's a ticket from the Polizei over there. He, and he abandoned your car. No, he actually was, took it over. It was fixed. Now I knew it was fixed cause I got a ticket. Oh yeah. And there was a photo cause a camera caught it. You know how they had all these little yeah, camera yeah. things set up I over there. A couple of those. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and here they are, you know, and he's like, I could see him and three buddies in the car and stuff and uh, the photo. And I go, that's not me. I had to write him back. You know, of course I had to call him. I had to call the MPs and everything over there and go, that's not me. I need out of this because oh. I actually have a power of attorney. I sent it over there. I never got my, uh, any money for my car. <laughs> The power of attorney was a, you know, it it was his. Oh yeah. 
Man. So it was supposed to be a gentleman's agreement that he sent it yeah. back over and everything. And uh, so he, I'm surprised you didn't get my car. Yeah, yeah you lost your car. <laughs> you, you, you got that ticket. And yeah. Still, and you're still not allowed in Germany. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't thought about that one. Before your arrest. <laughs> Hopefully <laughs> not. Yeah. Uh, but that was one of those uh, crazy things. Yeah, but I do absolutely. remember the cars being passed on uh, from yeah, person yeah. to person so much. And yeah. it's funny you got a Beamer because that was my first experience actually being a Beamer or a Mercedes. Mercedes was oh, yeah. either through the GIs or through the cabs. Oh, yeah, and yeah. you get in the cabs and they got those lush, flurry seats, you yeah, know, and yeah. everything. You say, oh, man, this is pretty good <laughs> and everything. And, Ooh, it's a Beamer, you know. Yeah. I've never rode in a Beamer. And then you get these guys that's got the old Beamers and right, stuff. And, like, and oh, now it's got one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you uh, ever go and buy one? Like a lot of the dudes uh, went down. No, yeah, no. I was, I was, I'm not got that, to see it go across the assembly bougie, line. You know? like, yeah, <laughs> I, I was like, oh, man, that'd be nice. But I'm like, no. Nah. Because then, yeah, I was yeah. like, I know some people like bought them and like, you know, brought them back and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. But no, nah, I didn't do that. I just stuck with the, the little 95 BMW, you know. <laughs> yeah. It was good times. Though. You got some good gas mileage on there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did you have to do any uh, deployments while there? Um, there, no, yeah, it was, um, we, we were on like the, um, I guess not, yeah, not like, uh, like, uh, like activation, we were, uh, like just doing, um, trips like through Europe, you know, okay. like, tri- tri- trips through Europe, like, um, you know, traveling around our vehicles and stuff like that. So, um, as far as, yeah, as far as like deployments, like, um, like bigger, like combat deployments or anything like no, no, yeah. there. Yeah. It so was any, more, it was like, a, smaller missions. It was a cab unit though. Yeah, yeah, I did you get your spurs or? Uh, I did. I did the spur ride, but it, I did the uh, the one that you know some people be like, oh, you didn't really earn it, you know, or whatever. But I, 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 they put me through some like wild, you know, rigmarole of of different events that I had to yeah. do that just don't make sense, you know. <laughs> and then until someone's like, okay, I guess like that's enough stuff, you know. Just, it, that was something that must have started much much later because I was in the cab long time ago, and the whole Stetson, the whole spur thing, and all that just wasn't a big deal. But you know, now that seems to be like a major your rite of passage you know yeah, so yeah. did you get the did you get the hat so i i bought my own hat oh, because they were like yeah that. they were like oh all nco's gotta have like hats so i was like okay i guess i'm gonna buy this hat like spent like all this money on it and got it you know and you then, didn't wear it today man you could have like <laughs> had it on camera you know we could have done a whole episode just talking just about a, the just hat. hat yeah i should i should have brought it yeah well so that reminds me that while i was there too i did the um the GAFB, I think they call it, the German Armed Forces Profici- Proficiency Badge, and it's the, like, you do oh, the physical I, events. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah it was, like, they're shooting, um, like, there's, like, a ruck, a ruck march. Yeah. Um, you have to, like, hang from a pull-up bar, do a swing, sure. and, like, take your uniform off and, like, throw it. Um, but that was cool. That was a good experience. And, yeah, know, yeah, it was led by, like, the, the Bundeswehr. Yeah, you know, that was Bundeswehr. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was, that was cool. It was a good experience. Germany was good. Germany yeah. was good. Just, it was a good time. Um, was that one of the trinkets you could actually wear on your uniform or not? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it? Yeah, I still have it. It's like a, it's like a gold. Oh, depending yeah. on you got, right? You can yeah. get bronze, uh, silver, or gold. But it's a, an eagle, like a, like an oval eagle that goes on, yeah, on top of, um, on the right side. So it's like a marksman where you get different levels. So the colors represent how well you did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what was your? I got gold, of course. Oh, of course right. I got that gold. Hang on. <laughs> 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 I mean, I paid someone some money, slipped them some, some cash, <laughs> some euros. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that one. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, so where was it you ended up going after this then? Yeah. So from there, I uh, was then interested. I was like, okay, I'm going to be around for a while. That's when I got kind of interested in, like, I was like, let me look at, like, civil affairs. Well, did you do, re- is this a retention spent uh, opportunity again? Or? No, no. Like, so I, I only, you, like, I knew going into Germany that yeah. I wanted to do something else. I just was too late on the end in Fort Bliss. Okay. Um, where they're like, you're getting too close to your report date. Like, you know, if you want to, you know, 
go talk to recruiters about like going civil affairs. You need like just do it on your when you get to your next duty station. So, um, but let me ask you something mm-hmm. before you go because yeah. are the um, you had done a year, you had just reenlisted, so you did a year there at Bliss still. So what was it, a three year uh, tour over there in Germany? Um, yeah, it was a three year tour, but I I, um, I cut it short by um, doing the. Um, the still going oh, so you still had okay. So you still had time. So I you did. did like an extension or uh, type of thing or something. Yeah. So I, I guess did. I don't even know they do extensions <laughs> anymore now. Um, yeah. So I yeah I showed up to Germany. I talked to the recruiter for civil affairs. They're like, cool. We'll set you up with a selection date. Right then. Yeah. Well, okay. It was like four months. I waited four months, which isn't very long still, but I waited four <laughs> months. I was like, I was like, I want to go. Like, I got to do something, you know. And yeah. again, with that, like, I got to do something. I need that four why, progress. Why civil know? affairs? Why did you decide to do that? How did that come out? Right. Yeah. Because you walk in there and there's like there's there's a uh, SF there's Civil Affairs, there's um, 160th, yeah, there's soft uh, recruiters, uh, yeah, psyop, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, I, you know, it, I, I went in there and I was like, it, it, it was definitely a personality thing because I was like, I was really looking at like SF, and I was like, okay, cool. The way it got kind of pitched to me too was like, hey, you, I knew they had the medical route still because I still want to stay medical, and I was like, they're like, you can do that, but you you can also work with like governments. Um, you know, work on that like diplomatic level. Mm-hmm. And that, that did appeal to me. I was like, cool. Like, you know, I want to bring, for me, I was kind of looking again towards the future and thinking like, you know, what are some skills that maybe just besides not, not, not bagging on anything, but like just yeah. besides like shooting or, you yeah. know, um, you know, doing stuff like that, I hear you. um, that will help me like in the future and take that. So I was like, Hey, uh, civil affairs seemed like a good taste of both. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. You know I mean? Like, let's do that. And then by that time I had like, I, I was in this thing where I was still going, like, you know, I wanted to do something good. But at that time, I also, you know, had my family and I'm, I don't know, I'm trying to find some balance, even though, like, it didn't really work out that way. But, like, <laughs> I'm trying to find something. You know, you, you, you take the best guess that you can. You're like, I think this is the right answer. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, you don't really know at that you point, to be honest yeah, with yeah. you. Yeah. You're just looking through all the list of things and trying to figure out what uh, fits with you. Right, right. Obviously, you wanted to go into something special operations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I'm curious, was it, again, going back to the day in which you walk initially into the Air Force recruiter, something put a bug in your... It did. And I think it was just that... What the Navy SEAL movie or Rambo? And <laughs> no, I think for me it was just I think after that first. So I had that right the the um, special operations thing there in the Air Force, but then I was kind of like ah, I don't know. I was only going to do it because it was the only thing that was available. Yeah. Um, and then when I went to when I, once I decided I'm not getting out after four years, I was like, cool. Well, if I'm going to stay here, let me try to do something more. Yeah. And that's kind of what I think that's probably the reoccurring thing is just like just always want to do a little like more looking for the next step. Um, and that's something I did learn on, like learn like a little bit later in my life that I was like, always like looking for something, but then I had to learn to appreciate, you know, mm-hmm. because you can get caught up in always just chasing the next thing, chasing the next thing, the next school, the next thing. And yeah. luckily I did have to like learn like, Hey, like, you know what, you might just, you might just always be wanting to like progress and, but that doesn't mean that you don't enjoy like what you got right now and you yeah. don't really appreciate it. And that's fine. If I, maybe I'm just never going to be, maybe there's no end goal. That's okay. Yeah. I'm just always trying to be a little bit better. And, um, just as long as you enjoy it along the way, you know, and I think that was it and not just get lost in like what the, you, you think the final goal is, you know? So that was kind of my theme. And so I, you know, getting in that, in the civil affairs, um, with all that, I thought was like a good match, you know? So you were a buck sergeant at this time frame. Yeah. Yes. Yes. When I went to, yes. When I went to, yes. Yeah. When I did that and talked to the recruiter, yes, I was, yeah. Nothing, no, no discussion about having to drop rank or anything then. No, no. That uh, was another thing that I think that was probably, um, you know, positive that guys look at is like, if you go down to the retention NCO and you get talking about reclass, sometimes, you know, you got to worry about those, well, you know, you're this rank and they're not really taking it. You got to, you know, 
And yet when you go to like a, you know, the, the soft recruiters and stuff, you know, well, they're looking for people. And so they're more likely to keep you and let you transition in a lot of cases from whatever right. rank you are without having to drop anything. So. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes in some cases, like, um, you know, progress faster. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I, so then I went and assessed for, you know, civil affairs and what is that? made it when you say assess, uh, yeah, like they're like their selection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Their civil affairs assessment and selection Fort Bragg. Yeah. Fort Bragg. And, um, so you left Germany. So wait, yeah. Okay. That's a big part of it. Yeah. I left Germany <laughs> flew to Fort Bragg, and I was like, cause I was thinking assess, are you talking about assess to get into the program? Cause I mean, not the CA, but I'm talking about to even leave Germany. Right, right, right. So you got me confused. So yeah, yeah. You leave yeah, Germany, leave Germany go to uh the selection right and I, I i left and i was like telling the people that booked the tickets i was like please just like let me get a hotel like just give me one night you know yeah. i don't want to fly in the morning and report you know so luckily they i was able to get because i was coming for so far they got i got a hotel room and i was just like from germany you know uh, on like a i think like a 10-hour flight or something like that you know yeah. a very long flight and um you know the time difference um i think from there it's like Six, three hours? Five, uh, well, let's see, it's five it's hours to the UK, so I'm thinking maybe it is six? Six, yeah, maybe yeah. six hours. Depends on like, the time of the year. Right, yeah. and so I'm like, oh, man, you know, it, it, and so I'm like, okay, I guess we're just going to, you're going to do this, and so luckily you made it through, you know, did all that, um, and uh, was able to get selected, and so I had to fly back to Germany after that, um, and, you know, hey, I got selected, and at that time, I already had an ALC date. Okay. With, at Fort Sam for six day, you know, six day whiskey. So then I fly back to San Antonio like a month later and do ALC for, I forgot how many weeks it is, but it's like six weeks or something, yeah. something around there, or maybe that might be too long. I don't know. It's, it's around there, a good amount of time. Do that and then fly back to Germany. And then because I wasn't already airborne and I got, went to the selections part of it, I flew back here to, you know, Georgia <laughs> and went to Fort Benning and did airborne school for three weeks. Then I flew back to Germany. Oh my God. Then finally I had some time and then I, like a couple months later, I PCSed over to um, to Fort Bragg and started the uh, that Sockham course, right? That the, yeah. the medic course, yeah, over there. So wait, I thought that um, maybe I'm mistaken, but I thought that Germany had also set up like an airborne or air assault or something over there. Maybe I'm mistaken. Um, I think I think they might do an air assault out of there. Yeah, something I, I yeah, thought. Air, airborne. I'm pretty sure they don't do airborne. Okay. Now. Yeah. So you had to go to you had to go to Benny. So. How was it in terms of like, okay, you go through assessment, um, you do that, you know, physical, mental, uh, the whole thing, you know, like many assessments are, we won't get too much into that. I know some of you guys are probably wanting to hear about it. I think we did a few CA guys, but the whole purpose of assessment for those who are listening is to assess you. Yeah. So yeah. we don't want to give you all the tricks right. in it and tell <laughs> you all GQ, the secrets yeah, yeah. exactly because <laughs> you need to be assessed. So, um, but at any rate, you, you end up going through that. You're probably obviously, you know, in pretty good shape and everything. And you go and you get to relax in the advanced course and stuff, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in AOC and stuff you get a chance to kind of chill and then you then you yeah. got to go back to germany and then you got to get ready for airborne, airborne school how was yeah. all this like coming going back and forth in time zones oh man it was tough it was it was real tough yeah i got real comfortable with flying and um the the hard part was after get i you know i stubborn right like i just like oh i'm gonna do this go full force so mm -hmm. i started running from in germany when i was like okay i'm going to the, the um civil affairs assessment selection i'm gonna start running five miles every day 
so I started <laughs> started having some you know some Achilles tendon like, oh, issue. Yeah. And so by the time I got to like ALC, I was like having to like take a step. Back. I was like, because I'm gonna end up like hurting myself, and I'm not yeah. gonna be able to like finish the school. Then I'm not gonna be able to go to Airborne. So I was just like on this like just trying to survive mode. Yeah. And, until like I could kind of get to a point where I could like run like decently again. Yeah. So it it was tough, but plus with all that travel, I was living like a fast paced lifestyle at that time. And like most duty stations too, you have to finish the year. Like uh, they. They try not to like you know, or I don't think they can. Um, PCS or cha- you know, change your duty station. Sure. Um, in a twelve month period, because it's just like a waste of money for you know yeah. for that, and it's it's hard on the family and you mm-hmm. to do that. So, I think the minimum required, you know, it was three years, but because I, I I got selected for that, I just finished my twelve months. But doing all those back and forth, I pretty much ate up a lot of that time anyway. Uh, so yeah, after, yeah, so back and forth was pretty tough, and then you know, finally, okay, I'm at Bragg. Then yeah. you, you were studying over there through this back and forth and stuff at the time period. You were waiting on orders uh, to go to CA somewhere, or was it? Yeah. So I got. So I I did get my orders like um before, and before leaving or yeah before leaving. I had like it all lined up. They line you up like all the way from like start to finish. I had like all the yeah. like the the reservations for the school date, but I was just they were just waiting for me to finish those twelve months that. And then you what would have happened if you'd have bombed out of uh, airborne school? Something would have happened. You know, you got injured yeah, or I think they would have just, I think I would have everything's terminated at yeah, that point. I think so. You know, that's a good question. Yeah. I was just curious. No, you know, I think they'd let you go back. I think they would let you come back to airborne school, but if it was like a big enough injury that you would have to like recover. And then because you're, when you get selected, it's like usually good that memo you get for two years, I think. Okay. So as long as you healed up and were able to go back to airborne school within that two years, they would, I think they would still honor it. And then you, and if not, if it was outside of two years, you have to go back to selection and yeah. Do it again. yeah. Somebody's listening, asking that question. So yeah, I just yeah, decided sure, yeah, to, yeah, 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 no, it was very interesting because I know guys, you know, the way you go through the process and everything, if you end up getting hurt and badly hurt or whatever, then you are kind of putting yourself out there. So right. the question is, um, do you go to the needs of the army or do you end up going back to your old MOS? Yeah. Right, and, right. and that's that scary kind of gray area that it sometimes, is. you so know, now that you're bringing it up, I do remember because people do get injured in airborne school. So you yeah. do have like the group, there's some, you, you run into some people that are like, you know, on crutches or something, mm-hmm. or, you know, or in a cast and they I did see some of those people on the backside, like later down the road. So you might have to go back to your unit to just heal up. But when mm-hmm. you're ready to go back to airborne school, I think mean, you just contact um, I know, someone in branch or something like that or at HRC and let them know that you're like good to go and they'll get you another airborne slot. Okay. Um, and um, and then you go again and, you know, try to finish um, finish what you started. Yeah. So, that, so there is hope. I, I do know that. <laughs> yeah. I think if you get outside that tiers, though, then I think you would have to go back to selection. Yeah. All right. So you end up going to CA at yep. Fort Bragg. Yeah, Fort Bragg. Yes. Now, how many units are there of CA? Um, and is that them. all? So all <laughs> of them, that's what I was going to say. All of them are there, right? Yeah, so yeah. There, there's none any place else. So um, psychological operations, I think, has... No, I think they're all there too, aren't they? I uh, think so. Yeah, yeah. I don't, don't want to like misspeak on that. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah I, th- I think they are. Sixth, eighth... Um, I think there's reservist and stuff like that as well. I, I don't know. I'm sure somebody's going to write in and tell me, uh, the, <laughs> tell you the correct right me answer, quickly yeah, yeah. about what it's supposed to be. Um, so at any rate, you end up going to CA. So when you arrived there, what was it like? Was it what you were hoping it was going to be? So I started... Because, I mean, this is a serious MOS change. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. And I start. Yeah, I started the pipeline with the uh, the medical the medical course. 
Okay. Yeah, so that was different. I didn't even get like in, really into the, like the civil affairs world. So yet. you didn't. Oh, that's so that was what I was going to ask you. So you went CA in terms of you wanted to go there as a '68 whiskey in the unit of civil affairs. No, yeah, and I know that's like a thing because oh, like yeah, there's. Like I'm confusion. trying to figure out that right. right. So, so, did yeah. you go CA MOS? I did, and that's the so that's the thing that you go to the selection. Once you go to the selection, that's like you're gonna be going the the CA MOS. Okay. But for a while, while they were getting started, civil affairs had were filling a lot of spots with 68 whiskeys because they just didn't have enough medics to come through. But so that's why there's like that. Some people were like, "Oh, I went that route," and I, you know, or or I, and, and so there's a little bit of confusion there. But I did went, I went through the selection, so I was going the the civil affairs MOS route. Um, but I the way the pipeline they had it there was to do the the medic part first. So I did that. I I, I did the. Uh, at Fort Bragg, the Special Operations Medic Combat Course. Yeah. Um, Which, yeah, let's talk about that a little. Course, yeah, because, yeah, I mean, SOCOM is something that, you know, you, the Ranger Regiment goes to, yeah, yeah. You know, 18 Delta mm-hmm. um, goes to, um, who else was there? What other 160th, type of? 160th, yeah, 160th. 160th goes, yeah, goes okay. Yeah. Um, any mm-hmm. sister uh, services and stuff that go as well? Uh, SEAL, SEAL Medics, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like the SEAL Medics go there. Um, I know that they have, like, another school that they go to now too as well but yeah they, they were had some seals in my class um as djs well. no they used to i know they used to like okay. I think down the road but I think I they ended up making up their making their own um kind okay. of pathway through that medical portion yeah pretty intense course right yeah, because i yeah, mean definitely. for 18 deltas guys you know a lot of guys know sf medics and stuff and um this is really like the the main portion i think right for, of their training so you're getting that same type of training that say a special forces medic would receive um and i think maybe they go on to something else more advanced right yeah there's there yeah this is like the foundation for everyone it's like a good solid foundation and that's not to like play it down by any means though, mm-hmm. because like you said it's an intense course um and yeah you're just like immersed in it they they you know when you start there they tell you hey like make sure you tell your families that to treat this like you're deployed because you're going to be in the books, you're going to be studying, you're going to be spending late hours here um, training, and you're going to be fully, you know, dedicated to this if you want to be successful. Um, and so, yeah, so that th- is the foundation for everyone. And then after that, each kind of <clears throat> within the, the Army and the, each branch that kind of branches off to their other own specialty course after mm-hmm. that, like, like you said, like 18 do that. And then even with civil affairs, there's a CAMS course, which was a civil affairs medical sergeant portion that has a different emphasis as well okay yeah. now i knew i knew a guy that went through it that really struggled with um anatomy and physiology <laughs> so how was it for you yeah it, it i i know it wasn't too bad for me honestly like yeah. um it, it was it was difficult but it, it was there i learned some good study habits i kind of learned myself and, and honestly my, i say that but my study habits were i'm just really good at memorizing like blunt memorization yeah and i would just spend hours cramming facts into my head which is not the best way because you know you forget a lot soon after sure but um, i was good at memorizing and um putting in the time and the work and um kind of helping working with other you know friends and people that were going through the course so I was able to be successful, luckily, um, not without a challenge, but it, it was, uh, yeah, it looked like you came out on the other side. Yeah, well, it was those two years that you spent in college previously yeah, that yeah, that's prepared what it was, you all, all that for music it. Theory, it was, <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, so, yeah, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. So after you get done with uh, SOCOM, um, how long did you end up staying on the medic side before you end up going? I'm trying to figure yeah, out the yeah. CA. When was the so transition? So it was a direct pipeline. So it's like I already had those courses rare two out of Germany. So it's like once Sakam was finished, then I was waiting for my um, 
my Q course to start with civil affairs. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just waiting for my Q course to start. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's, that's part of the pipeline. Um, and you then, spent time as a medic in between? No, no. I'm just like, you're just like um, through the SF pipeline. I'm just okay, like, in, so like it's a, just boom. It's yeah, just, yeah. I'm just like in a, maybe like a holding, you know, yeah, with yeah. the training detached with the yeah. part of SWIC there. Well, I bet that was fun. Yeah, because they, yeah, they're just like, you put you on details. Hey, we need five, you know, <laughs> need five to go do this thing. You know? The good part though was like, since I was a qualified medic, yeah. I got to do like a lot of the medic tasking. It's like, oh, hey, some, this unit needs like a medic to go pull med coverage. Cool. You know, I'll do yeah. that. It's a lot better than like, oh, we need you to just go out there and, you know, do something random, you know? Yeah. Fill sandbags or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because you're going to school with guys that just became a medic over in Ranger Regiment, and you know they right, maybe right. E2s, E3s, true, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then you're going with them, so you're like the senior guy. You yeah. Know? True. Like going through there. Yeah. There was a few other. I know. I was already a staff sergeant. Like so, there was a few other ones in there. Um. But yeah, it was there was a lot of like lower. Uh, enlisted guys come, coming through there, you know. Yeah, and so you're the big dog. Yeah, you know, I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to pick up the paper. You got to watch the people. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> need five, but I need one guy in charge. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah I got, there's got to be someone, you know, there's got to be oversight. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, there's a role for everybody. Yeah. Um, so as the pipeline ended up continuing, um, the civil affairs piece, how did you find that uh, portion of it, the training? Yeah, that was also, like, all of it is just, like, it was just, uh, um, different, you know, and a different like exposure to, you know, what you're used to. It's, it's good too. You know, there's training, there's, there's schooling and to different aspects, you know, of dealing with di trying to dig into how you're going to work with different governments and how you're going to engage with people and um, how basically providing you the tools to be able to, to, like I mentioned before, be the, the warrior diplomat, as they say, mm -hmm. you know, but um, on a, in a special operations environment where it's, you know, low, low, smaller teams, uh, more autonomy. Um, yeah. You don't have like the, the, you know, the, the, the flagpole right next to you, you know, the, of all the leadership you kind of trusted to go, um, take care of and, and execute the mission. You know, so it was good. It was, it was good to get that exposure and that training in there. So when people who are listening, maybe thinking about civil affairs, um, maybe in a paragraph or yeah, something, absolutely. kind of describe that role. Because, I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit there, but when you think the the two words, civil affairs, it really is about trying to build relationships and, you know, make sure people understand what the purpose is here, you know, respect, right, those right. types of things, right? Yeah, and, and actually, yeah, I was t talking about it with, um, you know, with a buddy of mine, and it was, it's great because civil affairs, if you're, if you're something, like I said, someone who's looking for that, um, that like diplomatic part that, that all, but also, you know, the being a master of the basics, as they say, like, you know, like understanding the, those basics and be able to, to, to teach that and, or at least learn if you don't know. And it, it's a good route to go because you will do a lot of, um, engaging with, with local populace, with local ministries, with local government, mm -hmm. um, to build those relationships and develop, um, you know, overall to, uh, like to, to, to complete the mission, but by, by talking to people, developing, like I said, developing the relationships and figuring out like where the biggest needs are and, mm -hmm. um, kind of being the face, you're kind of the face, right. Um, in a place that might not be that friendly, you're, you're kind of that, you're kind of that face for it. And the, in the, in the hope, um, in the area, I, I, I say that, that you have like a lot of chances to to learn how to do that like business side yeah. of it, which is, you know, I tell people to, hey, if you want to get in like the business, the communication side, you, you get that opportunity to speak a lot with people and um, understand 
especially in like places where you know might be politics. A yeah, yeah, there might be a language barrier, you yeah. know, and things like that. But you you figure out ways to work with this organization and, and pair this organization mm. and, and this government entity and that one. So you are very good. It's honestly like project management, and a lot of the times of getting you know finding the right yeah. um, resource to fill you know this need and you have access or you know at least you know right like because you go around and you build these relationships not just with the local government but with um you know uh, department of state entities and you know like okay they're doing this they're doing that yeah. so when i see a need you know we partner these people and we kind of you know can whether we hand it off or we manage that that project or program um is kind of a good way that it works. So if you're looking for that level on that, on that professional level business side, it, it's something that, you know, give you that exposure and that experience. Yeah, no doubt. So once you get done with the pipeline, go into the unit and stuff, uh, did you end up having to deploy with them or anything? Or? Yeah, I did. Well, I did a, um, um, a training rotation, like pretty soon after getting there again. Yeah. And I rolled it to my unit too. And I was the only medic. They had done like a language realignment yeah. where everyone, you know, who was in a certain language, was getting sent because they had just kind of like to fill spots. We're like, oh, you know, you're, you're this language, but you're going to go cover this AOR, this area that doesn't speak that language. And it was just, but then they were like, hey, let's get back to getting the people, you know, with the language training that they got back to the areas that, what you know. What was your language? Like, French. French. Really? Yeah. Okay. Don't, don't, don't ask me anything. <laughs> French. Right. Don't put me on here. Right. So <laughs> how, how did that come about? Because of the test and they just decided based on the results so or got, was it needed? I got lucky. I actually scored really high on my, um, my, uh, what do they call it? The D lab. Yeah. D lab, like, yeah, D lat yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Some, yeah. yeah. And I scored really high, but I was like, oh man, I didn't, well, I didn't want like Mandarin or Korean. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. But if you, the, the deal they had was if you went through Sockham, you got to pick, it was like a perk. You got to pick your language. Oh. So I just finished like Sockham and I was like, I'm done with school. It's like, give me something easy, French. Little did I know. I mean, it, it was easier cause it's like, you know, we're still using like English alphabet and like, yeah. you know, letters. Yeah. And so it was a little bit easier, but because it's easier, you go further, you know, you die. It's like they make up for it by diving deeper into the language and you're like, okay, great. <laughs> so, but it was good. Yeah. So French was, was the language. Yeah. So the C CA is uh, pretty, I think it still is, uh, or at least at one time frame, pretty high rotation. I mean, burnout. Uh, if they weren't downrange and they were back in some type of training, they'd go back downrange. And it was just, a, um, I think them and psychological operations pretty much kept that kind of op tempo, wasn't it? Or Yeah, yeah. and so there, um, there are some like changes. Um, yeah, some changes in, in that sense, but like it is still... Even though there's like changes, it's still high op tempo. It's like the, like you said, there's your training, right? If you're not deployed, you're training. Yeah. You're training, um, yeah, like there, there's always like something that you're prepping for, um, validations that you're prepping for to get your team ready. Um, it, it is a, it is a, a high pace, uh, you know, fast paced lifestyle. Yeah. There, um, and it's, there's not a lot of downtime. There isn't, yeah. How long did you end up staying there at, uh, with CA? Yeah, um, so I'm actually still there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm still there. So with, with CA, um, but we, so I once I did that rotation there, I then did uh, another rotation, six month rotation with CA um, as a you know as a medic, um, and that was that was a good experience, right? Yeah. Like, um, doing that side, and I will say I, I want to say this part because it's pro it's probably good for the you know listeners who are curious, and that's that you really got to see the autonomy. The autonomy. The part that I enjoy the most about civil affairs. Um, that like, I see like the, the best thing that I, that I could get from it and understand about it was that they, you're, you're given a mission, right? You're given a mission 
and it's kind of like it's like okay execute and so i liked to find the creative ways to accomplish that mission and there it was there there was there was that autonomy it's like hey we're trying to do this we're trying to do that okay now let's come up with a plan of how we're going to do that and and i really and i told you like i started this podcast i said i always had that creative like kind of side to me in that bug and that like mm-hmm. felt right into it nice. and i was like yes this is exactly where like this is this is the part that i like about it you know yeah because of course like any job you know there's things you don't like there's things you like yeah but i was like that i love this i love like the creativity and being able to do that and, and kind of, again, make a difference, help people. It all ties together, right? You know, my, just who I am, just the, and what I've always kind of, my path has always been. Um, and it was actually on that last rotation that I uh, that I joined uh, the nonprofit, Special Operations Medical Coalition. Yeah, you know. which we're going to get into because you're mm-hmm. now, I want to ask you, so you're now about, what, 12 years in now yeah, or yeah, 15? Just about, just under 12, yeah. Okay, so now you're thinking retirement, though. I don't know, I don't know. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, once you go over that hump of 10, the last 10 ends up going, you know, really quickly. That's why I wanted to ask you, like, <laughs> no? Because, I mean, it seems like every time you kind of hit that crossroads, well, do I want to stay or do I yeah. Yeah. Get out yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about this too because this is probably something that, you know, um, is good to hear because, you know, some people just don't talk to her much. But, like, I, it's been kind of tough for me. We talked about that high op tempo yeah. um, family. I got, you know, I have, uh, I'm a, a co parent in a custody situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm re- remarried uh, my wife, Sam, and, um, and um, my, uh, her, like, our son, her stepson, my stepson. Um, so it's, it's tough. And it, in, basically the, the, the lifestyle, it's, 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 it's really hard in the family, you know, and it it took a toll on me. Um, and I kind of had to take a step back, you know, I had to take a step back. It, it wore me and and for all these years, I just been like going hard charging, you know, did some, did some tough stuff. I've seen some tough things, you know, and, um, it kind of just all, um, just all kind of came about, you know, and I I couldn't, I couldn't like put it aside anymore. And I think it was, it was a part of it that kind of a turning point for me that like, you know, there was these, these levels and the mission and driving that was always, you know, outweighing the other, but I think I'd hit a point where it wasn't outweighing it anymore. And so it, it, it's, it was hard to justify it for me. Um, and, and so, yeah, so I had to take a step back and, you know, I'm kind of taking care of myself, get, and I, I know a lot of people in, you know, in the military can probably understand that, you know, you, you don't want to, you know, get seen or you're like worried to get seen. And especially in the special operations community, because the teams are smaller. If you go get seen and you're out for a month, it's like, oh, well, now they're down a medic. Mm. Oh, now they, now they got to go to that training without me. Oh, I mean, like I might get kicked off the team because like if I can't validate, like I technically can't go, you know? Like, yeah. And so it's like, where's the time? There, It's not, you don't, you don't have the time, you know? And yeah, and yeah it's tough. And, and we, like we always talk about for, for medics, especially special operations medics, you're always on, you know, like when you're taking care of the team, like who's taking care of the medic, you know, and you're always out. Even a, even a training scenario is a real world for a medic. You know, you got to pack a real aid bag. People still get hurt. People still might have an allergic reaction. Um, and it's just go, go, go. So yeah, that, that's, that's why I wanted to share that. I was like, I'm sure there's people out there that can kind of benefit from that, that it's like, Hey, surround yourself with good people. If you got to take the step back, like take the step back. Cause it's, it's tough. And that is to, to that question. I'm not sure because I, I'm not sure if it's the best thing for me, you know, anymore. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I mean, it makes perfect on. sense unless you wanted to transition back out of that more to a conventional and, and those types of things, which would be a very different lifestyle. Right, but right. but I, I think you're bringing up points that are valid that every person needs to deal with, even whether, you know, when they get out or they're in is what's the right fit? 
Um, you know, is it, is it fitting currently with my lifestyle? Am I doing the things that I'm doing because I'm trying to scratch an itch that maybe was there before, but it's not there now. And I mean, the types of discussions that you had about, you know, even, um, Hey, I want to go from medic to CA you're constantly reevaluating yourself. That's a good thing. You know, you're reassessing and everything and you're considering what the priorities are in your life. But so how was it then that you got connected with special operations medics? Uh, so tell a little bit about the organization, yeah, the coalition exactly. and stuff, and then it kind of brings around what you were just describing um, yeah. in a sense. Oh, so. no, yeah, it was like almost like lined up perfectly. Yeah. Right? So um, yeah, Special Operations Medic Coalition, you know, focus on the community, the capabilities and the careers of the special operations medic. And like I said, the big focus is just that seeing that there was a need there, like much things start, right? There's a need there for the care the focus on the special operations medic who is always on, always taking care of the team, doesn't have necessarily, they're, they're you know, your mom on the team and, yeah. you, you know, and, and, and you also have other jobs too as well. So with that, they also have a high level of skill. They've been through difficult schools, you know, they put in the time and they're always having to learn and stay up. Medicine is something that you can't just be like, oh, it's a weekend hobby or whatever. Like I, you know, I did it, I, I did the training that one time and so I'm good, you know, mm-hmm. you have to stay up. And that was the difference between good medics and, you know, so-so medics is, do you stay up on your, your medical knowledge? Are you actively reading? Are you seeking the new changes? And that's what, that's, that's what a special operations medic is. You want, you want someone who's going to find solutions. You want someone who's going to, um, one, be, be, be a caregiver and also find a way to figure it out and learn about it and give you a good job. That's a special operations medic, you know? Um, and so I joined, there was an opening for a marketing position. I applied. I was like, I don't know anything about marketing, <laughs> but I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's I'll see what happens. It. Yeah, I'll wing it. It's your you know? artistic side. It is. It is. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh, marketing. Cool. Yeah. I was like, let's, let's see what happens. <laughs> so I apply and then, um, I get an email back, um, and uh, for a meeting, right? A yeah. Zoom call. Actually, with the so I have a Zoom call with the, the CEO Josh. Right? And we we have a Zoom call and just kind of interview, just kind of talking. And he's an SOIDC um, of, with the Navy, so we we immediately connected on that level. It was like, yeah. oh, cool. Like you know, we're just kind of broing out, talking, you know, talking about stuff. And it was good, you know. And we're good friends now. And we had that interview and that kind of kicked it off. He was, and I was just like, yeah, I don't really know anything about marketing. Just want to let you know. And he was like, dude. It's all good. We'll figure it out. You know, like you're a special operations medic, like we'll get it done. You know, I know you're going to figure out a way to to do it. And I'm like, okay, cool. So yeah. And and that was, um, a little over a year ago and I was slowly just kind of doing stuff with the Instagram, um, reaching out to people, trying to set things up and get things moving. And through there, it was, it was actually a great opportunity because it's kind of a, it's all volunteer staff. We're all volunteer staff. A lot of, you know, most people have some tie to the military, um, a lot of special operations on there, uh, medics on there. And it, it, it was great. It was the, you know, low threat environment to get the exposure to something like that. And from that, I actually realized like how much I liked doing marketing. Honestly, yeah. it was, it, again, like I, I just, it was like a perfect aligning yeah. of it. Um, and yeah, it, it has been great. We, we, we've been working hard and together to get things out there. Like earlier this year, we did our, um, education grant where we provide money to special operations medic, whether in or out that are um, going for like legitimate programs to oh, very cool. yeah, get skills or whatever they're doing like yeah. that. And they, they write like a big essay. Um, they fill out the application and, um, we haven't announced them yet, but we're currently going through the selection process of, uh, who's, who's going to be the winners. Um, so we have that. And then actually next Saturday we're doing our, um, powerlifting fundraiser down at a gym over there near Bragg. Um, 
and, and, and just to raise money for special operations medic, doing a veteran transition fair in the summer um, where we're getting local businesses and organizations that want to work with veterans and um, we'll have like a, you know, like a little exclusive area that'll be free to the special operations medic. Uh, for other veterans, it'd be like a small fee because mm-hmm. um, everything we do is always free for the, the soft medic. And then, um, yeah, link them up with other organizations, vendors, things like that, that want to kind of partner or, you know, talk with or get like research or something like that. Um, just offering those opportunities. And then uh, our last event is the, or I'm sorry, two more, the Brain Health Summit, where we will get people on. Um, we've done it virtual so far, just because it's easier to get people around the world and with people deployed and things like that that can participate um, and talk about brain health things and new science and research. We'll have doctors on there and people that are doing studies and medics. And like PTS and TBI. PTS, TBI. Um, honestly, we... Depression. Re- yeah, yeah, yeah. When we, and, and even just like cognitive uh, yeah. like performance and wellness things. Sure. And just like things that, you know, people are like, hey, I've seen this work and I've seen this work. People that are like just experts in their in their, in their their practice and that's sense yeah and uh the final one is a benevolence thing um which josh has been the ceo i was talking about he's been he's been training up hard and rowing but we're doing a marathon row um for a fallen special operations medic you know yeah and and the money will go to uh the family so when the people are looking on the outside looking at the coalition and stuff what would you say is the primary mission what are you trying to do just bring together a family environment where they understand the medic the difficulties you're going to and try to help them like you said in these various different ways to improve or it you know have I got that picture wrong or, no, you know, no. that- yeah, yeah. And I think and why I'll say it, let's say that part again, cause I think it really, uh, captures it is that community. So we provide that community cause, um, being in the military, we all, once we leave there, you leave, you kind of feel like, Hey, where's that community still? Mm-hmm. So we, absolutely. Uh, yeah. We provide that by just keeping connected, you know, um, by having our, our, our group chat, you know, yeah. that we can, we can reach out if anyone just wants to talk. Like mentoring, you know? coaching. Yes. Yeah. Mentoring, coaching, yeah, oh, even, even for people, you know, um, for suicide awareness and people that want to reach out. We've had a couple of people reach out, you mm. know, they're having hard times and we get them in the right, um, in the right hands, talking to someone, usually like a buddy, yeah. someone, another special operations medic who understands, uh, the environment, yeah. the world, not just someone random who like might not know what they're going through. Um, so that the community, right. Providing that, find that community once you leave the capabilities. So advocating for them, right. And talking about the capabilities of special operations medic and like what they're capable of, what they can do and what they can provide to maybe a organization that they want to transition into or a school, a medical school and what like you know how hey this is what they've done mm-hmm. this is why you want them to be, to be accepted in your program this is why you need this person in your program and showing them that um in that aspect and then uh the uh, careers so helping them that kind of goes hand in hand helping transition with the, yeah, yeah. Trans- in, this, in the careers and you know lining people up with hey this is a person who's you know putting some time and the, the the with these skills and things like that and again this may be why you want them in your company Got two questions then. One, how does somebody sign up for it and yeah, hear absolutely. about it? Because I'm sure you have newsletters. Like you were just yeah, yeah. rattling off all those different things. You're doing quite <laughs> well as a marketing person. Too. But like, um, you know, they, if they want to hear about it and know what's going on, obviously there's a website and everything else, but that's part of it. So how do people get a part of it and become part of this community? And then secondly, what if you have conventional people that are not special operations, but mm-hmm. they want to get mentored or coached to understand, you know, hey, maybe I want to enter into that. Right, um, right. This is something I want to do but these are this is a pool of experts i mean that are sitting there ready readily available through a channel like the coalition so yeah no yeah it's a good good question um so the there to be a member there's different levels so there's like the 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 soft medic level so that's only available to soft medics um and you get a little bit more access to to the the chat you know with just uh, the soft medics and then there's like another level the next level who's like prefer for providers and then for soft enablers so someone who might be um 
attached to a soft unit. You know, maybe they're one of those 68 whiskeys that we're mm-hmm. talking about, but mm-hmm. they're, um, that's in, up attached to a, to a unit or something like that. And then we have, don't quote me on the name of it, but I think the, the, uh, soft enthusiast. So that'd be someone who else who's maybe interested in going that route. And it's yeah. like, Oh, you know, I'll like be soft medic. I've heard a lot about 18 deltas or a lot about CA medics or yeah. you know, SYDCs. And so they, they can reach out and they have, they've reached out, whether it be on Instagram, um, on our, you know, some coalition um, yep. on Instagram, they can reach out and do a direct message or, um, through the email on there that we have on their info at uh, org, and they can become a member. And with that member, they, you know, there's newsletters, there's, um, and they'll, they'll get the info on all those, uh, those events that I spoke to you about mm-hmm. um, and the opportunities there. We also have done some raffles in the past before. And um, that's kind of really how you stay connected is on there. Um, we, through the Instagram, too, we, we do a lot of releases on there and information on our Instagram page of, um, Information for the medics as well. One of our, our guys, uh, Ricky Ricky Ditzel, um, he's was oh, a yeah. prior one, yeah, prior one sixtieth uh, medic. There's a lot of you know TBI info. He'll drop a lot of information on there, and he'll do like the the Somsi Journal, yeah, and we get a lot of info out there just for you know medical information and kind of build the community. It's awesome, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's a it's a, it's a good it's a uh, network. Outreach. It is. It is. It definitely is a very strong network yeah. uh, that once you get plugged into, you know, like you said, if you're helping them when they transition out, or if hey. You know, now you're somebody that's out on the outside. Maybe you can help mentor, coach, pull somebody else or give them some advice. It's really cool what you guys have set up. And and just so that people understand, you're, you're not just based in North Carolina because it's where your home base is at, but you're actually trying to get people from across the country and the globe, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you said, across the globe, too. We have an international uh, section, too, for the medics out there um, that you know, go, th- cause they, they come to other, some of the- other sister services then like UK, Australia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Other, yeah. Get their special operations medics out mm-hmm. there in the, in the, those other, um, country services yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and they, they're a part, we have some of those partners with us. Uh, and it's just building that big community, like you mentioned, um, and having that outreach, uh, for, for, for the special operations medics, so, you know, you're better in numbers and, you know, by yeah. yourself. So it's been, we've been having some good options. I want to say too, we, that was for the, the people who are interested in joining, but um, we're also obviously, it's a nonprofit, you know, 501c3 nonprofit. So we're always looking for donors and people like that. So oh, if yeah. you want to donate on the website, we got right up front, it says donate now or reach out to us. And um, if you want to sponsor one of our events, that's, you know, a great way. Um, yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty low cost because, you know, we don't, we don't put on something huge, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a great way. And it, all the money, all the money goes towards supporting the programs or like directly towards the soft medical. We don't, we don't, I said, it's all volunteer. We don't take any of the money you know it's it just goes um through to the next year's programs and providing that yeah it's very cool that you guys are doing that through either through education community outreach all those things that you mentioned mm-hmm. and stuff and what you're tra- really trying to show how the coalition is building that um sense of community and camaraderie you're absolutely right what you talked about too is that when when individuals transition out of the service, um, it is that sense of connection that they're missing. And this generation doesn't do like the last where we were joking, you know, off camera, off uh, mic about <laughs> going to BFWs and those types right. of things. And so you need to get connected to some yeah. way, whether it's like listening to a podcast like this, which, of course, you guys also have a podcast. Right. Um, so get connected into that. But also... Um, there, it's just getting into a network of like-minded people who feel the same things and have gone through the same similar types of challenges and stuff. Yeah. That's also important. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it, it, it is, you know, we've done a couple, I've done a couple like polls and it, it, each time the loss of community is what most people are worried about over, I've, you know, on the polls are like yeah. finding a job or um, healthcare and community is always the number one that, that ranks up there. People are, um, you know, and 
and this this program you know, is just as much for me as it is for them. Like I mentioned, you know, I've, I'm having some hard times and going through that stuff. Uh, I look forward to that community. You know, I I, yeah. I, I don't want to I don't want to lose that and have that kind of support. And that's honestly a lot of it um, that's helped me in, in in these difficult times to get yeah. through that is just reaching out to someone that I know who actually understands um, what I'm going through, what I you know it, and has been there. Um, that I can talk to. So that's, that's been a real big help. And that's the real, the basis of it is just that community. We spent a lot of time off um, air talking to a little bit about um, some of the ways in which people are dealing with post-traumatic mm-hmm. stress, TBIs through um, whether it's the Stella Ganglion block or RTMS or those types of things. How are you guys looking at that from a medical perspective at SOMSI and, you know, in some of the challenges yeah. that people are going to, especially from the special operations community? Yeah. So we're kind of looking into what, what um, good you know, organizations are out there and the ones that are kind of on the cutting edge of it, but with some good research. Um, I know, yeah, like you said, we talked a little bit earlier, the Invictus Project, we had mentioned them and they're doing a lot of things with ketamine infusion and um, the hyperbaric chamber um, therapy, oxygen therapy. So those kind of progressive uh, Mm -hmm. therapies are definitely things that, you know, if they're they're seeing benefit, it's an option. You know, we don't know, maybe maybe it's not going to be the answer for everyone. But if it's if it's something that's outside of pain pills, you know, maybe that that's just someone is just hey, like the, I'm going down a dark place. I'll, the only option I have are, you know, pain pills, and I'm looking for something else that's not helping me. Um, then then at least you know through that we look for these organizations that can offer another option, you yeah. know, offer a different answer. And it, like I said, maybe that's not the fix for you, but maybe there's another one, or maybe that is the fix for somebody. Uh, that's just yeah. It's just trying to to provide those uh, opportunities in in, yeah. in all aspects. No, it's great because like you know, at least in when I was uh, serving, especially when I was a young buck, buck sergeant or whatever. I mean, you go to doc to ask just for psychological as well as um, yeah. health issues, right. whatever it was, right? And so you guys end up becoming, like you said, the mom, the dad, the therapist, yeah. the, uh, the the doctor, the dentist, or whatever it is right, it was needed right. at that time frame. So um, I wanted to ask you about that. So you guys being heavily plugged into those types of things, um, it's a great way, too, for people to understand what's going on within the community, how you guys are trying to take care of the, the soft medics in, in right. you know, various different ways by commu- uh, work, working and partnering with other like-minded organizations that, like you said, are being out there cutting edge, have the data to support it, you know, yeah, which is yeah. huge. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. No, that, it, it's been great. It's been, you know, we're learning just as well, like as we're, as we're talking to these um, organizations and it's, it's crazy once you start getting out there, how many organizations there are that are trying to, to help. Obviously you want to make sure you find the right ones, you know, that have the right intentions, but um, we've had, we've had a good, uh, we've had a good outcome. And we're, like I said, we're always looking for new people um, to help support. Um, and, yeah, that's, that's what it all comes down to is just providing the the necessary um, opportunities and, and needs for the special operations medic. And like I said, we do some things that are um, for veterans in general. And, you know, we never in any case, like, you know, looking for help. We never like shouldn't turn down a veteran, you know, but yeah. as far as like the resources and the main programs we run, it's for the special operations medic community. You bet. You got cool swag too. So yeah. I want to make sure that people like, yeah. <laughs> so people want to pick up some of that. That's another way to support. You don't make a whole lot of money off of that type right. of stuff. So I would encourage people, if you're going to go out and buy a hat, buy a t-shirt, uh, buy a coffee mug or whatever, give a donation on top of it as well. Yeah, uh, Because it's great for advertisement and everything to be out there, but the margins are not that great. <laughs> 
you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, definitely going on the website, purchasing a shirt, um, some of our gear that we have there would definitely help out. And I know you, like you, you said, we have a uh, podcast as yeah. well, the Special Operations Medic Coalition. What's the, what's the focus Somcast. of the podcast? Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, too. we're actually got some new things coming, so I won't I won't get into it because I don't want to I, yeah, yeah. I don't want to reveal it too much. But we we have some new things coming that will be educational. Okay. Um, so providing some education in that aspect, which it already kind of was, but it'll be a little bit more focused on that end, um, as well as uh, some of the stuff that we do is just honestly some medic roundtables, we call them. Yeah. So we'll get together and we'll just kind of have fun, entertaining, and just it, it kind of feels like you're back in the team room, you know, yeah. back in the team room, just kind of just talking around with uh, with the, the rest of your team. So Are you guys going to get into like pipelines and stuff like that, too? Because, like, again, I can see conventional uh, individuals who might be or even for that matter, people who are not even in service at this point thinking maybe this is a career field they want to go into and are you guys going to get into maybe a little a little bit about um some fun stories of, that oh, happened absolutely yeah yeah we're all about the stories yeah we'll definitely get you know some more stories um yeah like yeah like you mentioned because i know everyone wants to hear about that and as it keeps going and like that we'll we'll we'll, we'll field some questions you know and some some answer or and provide some answers to some people that are looking for that or maybe they're thinking about joining um yeah, we're just providing those resources, yeah. Well, I, I know, too, that I want to call out that you, you actually competed for some pretty cool stuff, and I think you either came close or won or something like that, right? You did the you had the expert field medical badge, but oh, didn't geez. you do another competition? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Came in, like, second or something like that, or wasn't it? Yeah, what, uh, you talk, you're talking about the... Uh what was that? Like a medical? I've done too many. No, yeah, so, no, <laughs> Put right, you on the like, spot. No, no, yeah. So I did the expert film medical bed. Did you find this from a newspaper? Yeah. Oh, man, it's out there. Uh, <laughs> it is out there. I remember when, uh, yeah, hometown Burbank, they were like, oh, we're putting in the paper. I was like, what? And you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah you I got did. in there. There's not a whole lot oh, on man. you for obvious reasons, probably, yeah, yeah. Uh, being uh, special operations well, not enough, out there. So. But that one was in there. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't print it out and stuff. But yeah. So, yeah. Do I tell. Did, I did the... Um, the uh, Fort Bliss, when I was at Fort Bliss. Yes. So I, I did EFMB, I did the expert field medical badge and um, was successful at that, which was where my just hammering information in my head really came in handy and being able to regurgitate it because there's a lot of like <laughs> what it was in that in that case and demonstrate those skills. Um, but then, so that's a pre-qualification to then attend the um, best medic competition, the AMED best medic competition. Yeah. And I did, I did the Fort Bliss best medic for the division in 2014, maybe 14, Okay. 13. I don't remember this is 13 or 14. And, um, I won for Fort Bliss, <laughs> me and, uh, another, I don't think he's in anymore, but so uh, like best ranger, player. you have a teammate you yeah, guys yeah, going with yeah, right? myself and, uh, another, yeah. uh, buck sergeant at the time. Yeah. And mm -hmm. we, uh, did that. So then we got to go to the AMED, uh, best medic competition at uh, Fort Sam Houston. And I think now they rotated. It used to just be there. They were probably tired of like, we just do this every year. You guys got to, you know, hold some of the weight. So they start, I think they rotated now, but did that there. And it was just, that was, that was, that was a, uh, yeah, that one, that one was tough. It was tough. Yeah. That, I, I think I, yeah, we didn't even place top 10. You became was, a hometown hero out of it. Obviously no, it was geez. in the newspaper. <laughs> so, right? Yeah. I think I got a couple of uh, calls from uh, Warner brothers. Hey, I, should have, I don't know. I should have printed it <laughs> so you can uh, sign it and autograph it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hometown hero. Right, hometown you know. hero. Right. Yeah. I think I got a Hollywood star out of it. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's at least what I'm going to tell my grandkids. That's right. <laughs> Brian, I appreciate you coming yeah. on, man. Sharing not only your story, but hearing about 
about this great organization and what you guys are trying to do. I hope people do turn, uh, tune in to not only the, the podcast, but also to what you guys are doing on the website. Go out there, support you guys, buy your wares, you know, your yeah. swag stuff, and um, give support either financially or by attending these events and stuff and helping promote your organization because you guys are doing some great stuff with the community. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you, Robert. I appreciate you having me on here. Yeah, man. Anytime. All Have right. a good one. How are you too? Thanks.